guys. Welcome to episode 175 of a wrestling gal podcast, providing you with the female perspective on all things wrestling. Join me, your host and wrestling enthusiast, Ella J. As today, I am joined by UK superstar, Kiara. Now let's chat. Hello, everybody. Today I am joined by UK superstar Kiara. So, how are you doing today, girl? I'm doing really well, thank you. It's quite humid here in the UK. How's it over where you are, Ella? Actually, today isn't too bad. You know, earlier this week and last week was very, very humid. But today is honestly like ideal. It is not too bad at all. So I am loving it because I am not a summer or a heat person at all personally. But I don't know how you feel about that. (laughs) I was born in the summer, so Uh, I should be a summer person. But I'm kind of more of a springtime, autumn time. I am completely the same way. Maybe it's because I am an autumn baby, but I just don't do well in the heat personally. So I am not complaining today. I am grateful it's not super, super hot, honestly. One of my favorite things to wear is boots, like knee-high boots. And like I'll wear that sometimes with tights and a dress and it looks really cool, but I can't wear that if it's too hot. You know, I am so glad that you brought that up because that actually kind of perfectly transitions into my first question anyways. So I know I know this is really random, but you've said that your ankle tattoo was designed to be no taller than the height of a wrestling boot. So you brought up boots. So what <laughs> what is kind of the reasoning behind this and what is the actual concept of your tattoo? Great question. So the reasoning was, so my ultimate goal is WWE. Mm -hmm. And the thing with WWE, they want versatility. So if they want you to go get a bunch of tattoos and be a tattoo looking person, you can do that. But if you have loads of tattoos and they want to pitch you as maybe like the elegant lady, it's going to struggle to do that. Same with having long hair. If they want you to have short hair, they can just ask you to cut it off. But if you have short hair and they want you to have longer hair, it's harder to do that. So I wanted to be the most flexible I could be for WWE if I get a tryout, fingers crossed. And the tattoo itself has some of my favorite song lyrics on. And the lyrics are from Black Veil Brides, who have just today celebrated their 10, 11-year anniversary of the the song that made them go viral, which was called Knives and Pens. Mm -hmm. So today is actually Black Veil Brides Day. June 17th, the day that we're recording this. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And the song lyrics read, fear won't steal what burns in you. And I used that. There was a time I was learning to do a back body drop, which if you've seen, looks absolutely terrifying. It's not too bad when you take it, but I didn't know that. So going into the move, I was practicing in a school with Robbie Brookside. And there was this big German lad that I was practicing with because he had a big back and it was a good to base, a good body to base off of. So I was terrified. It was probably the most scared I've been in a training session. But I was just, the tattoo was quite new at the time. I was just thinking of the song lyrics. I was like, right, I've got these lyrics tattooed on me permanently for a reason. Let's go. So I use, I use those words to like motivate me when I'm scared. And one last time, you can, can you repeat the quote? 
Sure. It's fear won't steal what burns in you. Yeah. So like finding your fire and finding that motivation in you, you shouldn't let fear stop that essentially. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Especially too in a sport like professional wrestling where there's a lot of daring stuff and daring moves and match stipulations and all of that. It's definitely important to kind of keep an open eye. And that's kind of a cool reminder too. Exactly. Now, in the broad scope, though, of tattoos in professional wrestling, is there any wrestler you've met or interacted with that you just think has the coolest tattoos in general? I've seen on Twitter just recently, and I can't remember the Twitter user, which is quite remiss of me, but they said they got their first wrestling tattoo, and it's two turnbuckles in a cross symbol with, like, some clouds. And Uh I think that's kind of, you know, the hooks of the turnbuckles. And I think... That was really cool. Um, other wrestling tattoos, I've seen some RKO type tattoos. I've seen a lot of anime tattoos. A lot of wrestlers really into, in the UK at least, they're really into things like anime. They're into rock music. Those subcultures really seem to overlap over here. I'm not sure how it's like over where you are. No, I would definitely say there's definitely a huge community and niche for anime. Um, That's not really something that's my niche besides maybe Sailor Moon growing up. But there is is definitely a niche community for anime and all of like the culture within that. So, no, there definitely is here, too. I I have a couple of friends who have some anime inspired tattoos and a couple of my friends who have recommended stuff to me, but I just still haven't tried watching it personally. But no, there's definitely a huge following here, too. The only thing that would put someone off is the fact that a lot of these series have like 500 episodes. So it's a lot to invest in. Yeah. And and it's really hard to catch up to when you're trying to do everything else and you just feel kind of like bombarded, like you have to finish it, you know, like really. Exactly. (laughs) That's a lot. Yeah, that's for sure a lot. (laughs) But again, I've also rewatched a lot of series that have like seven, eight, nine, ten plus seasons. So I guess I really have no excuse, though. Right. Sometimes it's nice to rewatch. I think that's why Friends is so popular. Mm -hmm. It's nice to rewatch something that you're familiar with that, you know, it's like coming back to an old friend. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. (laughs) Uh, Now talking about, we were talking about body art and ways of expressing yourselves like tattoos allow you to do. Ring gear is also another huge component in the performance aspect of professional wrestling. So who do you think today has the greatest ring gear game or aesthetic in the business? I think Santana Garrett has this cool thing going on. She's got tassels. She's got the headband. And I think it's a real shame that WWE released her recently. Yeah, she the whole releases are a whole nother conversation because I get really passionate about that. But her her gear. Yeah, she really has a a certain niche and I can't really describe it, but it's like kind of like a a warrior kind of. But it it works for her and her whole aesthetic and everything. It's fun. Like my gear is sort of inspired by like Power Rangers. Mm -hmm. It's something I it's something that I would want to see if I was a fan like just something that's fun something that's energetic kind of like superhero type thing yeah so for you on on your gear though where where else then do you draw ideas or inspirations for your ring gear obviously besides power rangers and kind of like your one of your finishers is called killer killer kiara so that's definitely going along with that Yes. So I like that because it has alliteration with the K is killer Kiara. And some of some of the inspiration for the moves and the gear is sort of like you said, like Sailor Moon, like the outfits Mm -hmm. in animes or like in Dragon Ball Z. Um, 
who was your favorite sailor was it like sailor mars sailor venus sailor venus sailor <laughs> venus amazing yeah. Yeah, I must have been like, I was only five years old when I started watching Dragon Ball. And I think I was about the same age when I started watching Sailor Moon, like really early on. So same with like Pokemon. A lot of people started watching that when they were very young. So I think the inspiration for my gear, the only thing I'd like to change would be to add more rhinestones, like sparkle. Mm -hmm. Because I know that when I went to a WrestleMania, Eve Torres had the most spectacular gear and I was about 14, 15 rows back and the way that the light sparkled, like when I went back to watch it on DVD because I had to buy the DVD, it didn't quite, the cameras didn't quite capture the sparkle that you saw when you were there live. I'm not sure why that was. Yeah, I think especially too back then, like there wasn't really HD television. And again, it was part of like the more digital era, but I think everything has then since evolved. Maybe it's just because it was uh, like a few years ago into a place where we didn't have like HD. And it also, not everything translates. Sometimes it's better in person and your vision and view is better. And sometimes it just doesn't translate over digitally. Exactly. And I had a match recently with some kendo sticks for the first time. And I got hit with a kendo stick. And at the time I thought, oh, I kind of wished that she hit me harder because I thought, is that going to look good? But then something about the way I sold it, not to toot my own horn too much, but when I watched watched it back, the camera picked up on it really well and it looked devastating. So sometimes things do translate well. That That is true, especially too when you're great at selling and selling in like performance and like drum, drum I can't even say dra- whatever, dr- dramatics in professional wrestling is definitely, I feel like an underappreciated art really, because again, you, you do everything, you do your ring gear, you do your character persona, your attitude in the ring, and then your ring work, obviously in abilities. But I feel like the drama and the theater and like the selling in wrestling sometimes gets lost but that's really cool that you have like an appreciation for that and you're aware of that absolutely now still speaking on the performance aspect of wrestling we talked a little bit in the beginning you mentioned one of your favorite musical artists but if you could have any musical artist or band perform a live ring entrance for you who would you book and why would it be lincoln park would it be i don't know who would it be for you that's a really good choice. I'd have to pick between Linkin Park, between Black Veil Brides, between uh, Dragon Force, between Kiss, like anyone that's like over the top. I think the, th- the thing that all of those bands have in common is that their, their music is a bit, you know, it's dramatic. It's over the top. I don't I don't like things in half measures. I'm, I'm the person I'd rather be overselling something than underselling mm-hmm. something. So that's a really tough question. I it would have I'd have to go back to Black Veil Brides because they have inspired me so much. They have actually done a few performances, not live, but I believe, um, I believe in the end was used in a WWE pay per view, as well as My Chemical Romance's Na 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 Na, <laughs> that was used in Tables, Ladders, Chairs. Yeah. I think 2011. Yeah. I, I I recall the My Chemical Romance. I'm I'm sure there's been a few Black Veil Bride songs too. They it's that's pretty much like WWE's kind of niche or go to for pay per views is like sometimes metal or really like rocky kind of vibes. Yeah, and I believe 
I believe they've kind of, in the last few years, I've not seen as many soundtracks of these kind of indie bands. So I don't know if they've maybe changed music directors, but they seem to be in the last, I'd say, four years, they're not putting on the kind of bands that I fall in love with. Huh. Maybe that I know WWE at least like I've noticed that too with entrance musics because obviously we used to have like Jim Johnston and then and then they went to the CFOS or CFOS, whatever brand, and now mm-hmm. they're into this new I can't remember the name of like the composer or what brand that they're using now, but they've moved away from those. So that again might let might have to line up too with their because you've definitely seen changes in entrance music, especially over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, like people are losing their great kind of more hip hoppy R and B or like metal theme songs too. So maybe that has something to do with it too. I don't know. I think the best one recently was the Glorious. Oh, mm-hmm. That was amazing. Although that Bobby wasn't Rude. so recent. Yeah, that wasn't yeah. so recent. Now that was probably about three three years ago. Yeah, he he still has it though. They, I believe they have not changed it. They, then again, they've changed so many people's theme songs lately. I can't keep track anymore. <laughs> oh, it's unfortunate though when they change good ones, but so be it, I guess. What do you think then in your own personal music taste? Is there anything you think people? Is there any artist or song you think people would be surprised to see on your own personal playlist? Probably the Tetris music or the Ra Ra Rasputin song because they don't quite match the other songs. And there's a very, you know, you got to love Rick Astley, Never Gonna Give You Up, some music from the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> classic. <laughs> the classic Rick Roll. Uh, I guess I kind of pick, I also love Ariana Grande. Like, so I do, I do love some of the more contemporary sort of mainstream, mainstream artists as well. And I think, you know, Taylor Swift, if you ever hear her live, I've not seen her live, but I've seen recordings live recordings and she does not need auto-tune she is just naturally gifted and you've got to respect that now i i'm one too who likes to sometimes go on youtube if i've never seen an artist live before just watch videos of them singing live is that something that you kind of devil into too yep exactly the same yeah it's so sad though when like you want to see somebody so badly and then it just doesn't happen because they just never come around to your town or you can't travel and it's it's unfortunate so that's all we have yeah what what's where where are you based which state are you based i am based in buffalo new york so i am actually like an hour and a half from toronto um really close to niagara falls so if you know like where niagara falls is i'm literally like 20 minutes from the peace bridge i really want to go visit my dad has been to niagara falls and some of my other family members but i've never been and i would i do not want to go down in a barrel as some people have done yet no definitely stay behind the rails (laughs) i was there last month actually for the first time in a while you know since covid and all this it it was so good to be back but obviously i think the canada side is and people say this the canada side is better than the u.s side and i have to agree i haven't been on the canada side in a while because obviously border closings but as long as you're safe there's definitely like there's this like like elevated platform bridge thing you can go over to kind of look even more down on it and then you have the lower level where you look over the um what are they called rails and all that and it's just a really cool experience speaking of border closings i know boris johnson our prime minister has extended some of our lockdown rules until Mm -hmm. yes until 19th of july so how is it in buffalo so new york actually 
we got to the 70% mark in vaccinations just the other day, like two or three days ago. And so a lot of stuff has been lifted. Um, according to our governor, like it, obviously each establishment is different, but you don't need to wear masks if you're vaccinated. Um, obviously, obviously like people's jobs or whatever is different. Like certain jobs are still going to require it and whatever. But I recently like, I went to a baseball game the other day for the first time in a while. And obviously they had proof of vaccination and all that. So before you were allowed in and bars are open again, normal time till like 4 a.m. for a while. It was only till like 10 p.m. So we're obviously doing a lot better. But that we're also in New York, I believe, has the highest one, at least one of the highest vaccination rates in the entire U.S. Obviously, that's very different from the U.K. right now, though. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's the UK, well, I haven't had my vaccine yet, but it's scheduled. But most people older than me have had at least the first dose. Yeah, yeah I, I saw a thing too, like literally right before this on Twitter, like only 25% of the world right now, like out of all the countries are have the vaccine, at least one of them. So yeah, it's definitely a work in progress in a lot of places, though. Maybe I'm just fortunate that New York has been really progressive and wanting to like be safe and get vaccines and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. know. But yeah, obviously the UK, I, I heard about that delay. I was talking with another guest this morning and it, it's just, I know like people were looking forward to shows and everything, but again, safety first for sure. Yeah, we do have some wrestling shows. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been in a couple. Uh, it's just that they have to be, the seats are all spread out and they have yeah. to wear masks indoors. So once July 19th hits, then we can have a nice packed audience and they don't have to wear masks. Yeah, for sure. And for, for you though, speaking about like this whole pandemic and like last 15 months of like this roller coaster of a year, how have you stayed positive? So I'm very fortunate. So before all the prices went up online, sometimes as much as 300%, <laughs> I had bought a home gym with a yeah. squat, you know, squat mm -hmm. rack. So, and it's got safety bars so I can do bench pressing and not have to worry if I fail the bench press about, you know, hurting myself. So I've been using that and there, so the UK is split into counties um, and depending on the county you're in, there's different rules, um, like the local police agree with different things. So some wrestling schools were closed, but there was a school near Manchester called the Squared Circle Academy, mm -hmm. which is run by Marty Jones, which was still open. So if it wasn't for that still being open during lockdown, I think I would have gone a bit nuts. Like it was something to do. It was something to look forward to each week and it kept the ring rust off. So going going back into shows as of this month and, and the end of May, I feel a lot more confident, whereas I know some people that haven't done any training at all and they're a lot more nervous about just doing even basic moves and they're, they're having to play it safe for their first few matches back, which I understand. Definitely too, especially like, I feel like, the UK, just from what I've heard, it's gone through so many ups and downs. Like you guys have had a lockdown and then you were open for like a month and then you're back in lockdown. So it's just been like this start stop kind of process. And so like that had to have taken its toll, like physically and mentally, especially like you, you're in a profession where it's like physically demanding. And then to have that kind of taken away from you countless number of times has to be a little bit heartbreaking. 
Yeah, and I make I make no secret that I definitely struggle from anxiety. Mm-hmm. I find, you know, when I'm getting ready for a show, the wrestling itself doesn't scare me. It's sometimes meeting new people in the locker room mm-hmm. that that scares me more than the you know the actual wrestling part. And every time I go, I think, uh, you know, there's all this anticipation, like not good anticipation, like bad anticipation. Yeah. And like that can really be crippling. And then I always, well, I've got a really supportive family. Like my parents are really, really supportive. So they really helped me a lot, like push through it, taught me through it. And I have some good friends and it always works out fine. Like everyone, everyone, everyone's really nice. Like I've not really met anyone here that's, you know that's nasty like everyone just wants to have a good show like people have different opinions but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day we just want to put on a good show for the fans and I feel like if you can just keep the goal in sight and you might disagree on what moves might be best to use or you might disagree on what your favorite style is whether it's the sort of technical British style or more American style or strong style you know like Japanese or lucha you might have disagreements but as long as you remember, like it's it's not us against each other planning the match. It's like us, us we're a team. Like you and your opponent are a team mm-hmm. putting on a show. And if you remember, it's all about that. I think that's when great things can happen. Yeah, it's a team effort with everybody in the locker room, and then going out there and you're not only like wrestling for the fans, but you're also making sure your opponent is okay and safe, and they're taking care of you with taking and giving certain moves and all of that. But you talk about meeting people. And I just want to quickly go back to the time you traveled from the UK to Canada for the storm wrestling Academy. I'm really curious to know if there was any culture shock or me or major cultural differences that you noticed between going from the UK to Canada. So one of the good things, so in the UK, a lot of people call me posh. So they say I have a posh accent, even mm-hmm. though the sort of the family I grew up in was just a normal, you know, average middle class family. Yeah. We weren't we weren't upper middle class, we weren't upper class by any means. Um, but I'm always called posh, um, and it's kind of annoying. But when I went to Canada, I was just known as the British girl, you know. So I wasn't seen as the posh girl. I was just the Brit. So it was kind of nice actually to to you know just be taken as I am. Um, so one of the culture shock was there was unfortunately there were no other girls on my session I was in yeah. the the summer 2017 it would have been nice to have some women it definitely would have been nice um, the shows so I was booked I was booked for PWA while I was out there and that was definitely a shock because I was used to very much used to the old school British technical style like the ITV world of sport era in the 70s and 80s that was on I, you know, not BBC, but ITV here in the UK. And that was very, that's very different from the American, North American style. And as of now, I'm much, I'm much better at the North American style since going to Lance Storms of school. And since just learning more, it's been four years now since I went, like, I can't believe that that blows my mind because it feels like it was just yesterday. Um, One of, one of the, okay, this is kind of stereotype, but it is so true. Like, the Canadians were so polite. Yeah, I knew like, where this was going. <laughs> <laughs> like I would walk up to a crossing on the sidewalk and I would be like 10 meters away and the car would stop for me. So I'd do this awkward half jog, mm-hmm. half run. Yeah. Because yeah. like they could have just passed mm-hmm. and 
they would not have held me up, but I was sort of holding them up because they were so polite. So I was, it's like when you hold the door open for someone and they're a bit too far away and they're like, oh, thank you. And they kind of shuffle over. Yeah. Yeah, too. I've I've noticed that too. The I've been to Canada a few times prior to the pandemic and all that. And I can I have a couple friends who are Canadian, and I definitely have to agree for the most part too, especially. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was great experience overall. Like I'm so happy I went. Speaking of your culture, you are in. You are also actually a quarter Russian. So is is there any kind of certain aspect of that culture or heritage that you really pride yourself on or that you just really love within your Russian culture? I really like that Russians are quite to the point, quite direct. So this in, in British culture, people can tend to not say what they mean and kind of dance around the issue. And I kind of like the Russian, how direct they are. This is also true of Eastern Europeans, I find. They're quite direct. They don't beat around the bush. And some people find that rude. I do not find that rude. I find that actually honest. And you know where you stand with that person. Like one time there was a seating plan for a dinner here in the UK. And I was in someone's seat. And instead of just telling me, oh, you're in my seat, they were like, oh, um, should we check the plan? I'm not sure. where I'm supposed to be and they kept saying it over and over and I didn't like, twig <laughs> like going a roundabout way to get to the issue yeah yeah and I was not not getting the hint like mm-hmm. I am really bad at taking hints mm-hmm. like I could have had like I didn't have my first boyfriend till I was or my first kiss till I was like 16 mm-hmm. and and that's you know I could have had one sooner but I was like missing the hints that a guy <laughs> liked me completely so um aside from being direct I guess I really want to go to St. Petersburg because that's where my grandpa is from. And that's probably next on the travel list for me once things open up again, because I really want to explore that heritage, go back to my roots a bit and really get in touch. Some of the churches are beautiful, the cathedrals, there's these icons. Like my grandpa had to flee Russia during the revolution. Oh, wow. And yeah. And because like the revolution, like people Mm -hmm. were dying. It was crazy. And they have these icons, they're about maybe a foot high or about, they're about eight by 10 and they're covered in silver. So it's, it's like a painting of Jesus or Mary holding baby Jesus, but there's this silver that covers most of the picture. So there's a little window for their faces and those familiar with the Russian Orthodox church will know what I mean. So my grandpa, they, this was like the most prized possession for them and they there was a little golden halo and they were so low on money because they had to flee mm-hmm. for tickets they actually prized off the little golden halo and sold that for money to get out of russia oh my god yeah so like you can see on this icon you can see where the halo used to be and it's it's just such a cool story and when i went to france there's quite a lot of russian orthodox churches mm-hmm. in in nice in france because the the rich oligarchs used to vacation to France during the Russian winter to escape the cold and I saw like thousands of these icons just like the ones that my family have and in this Russian cathedral in France and it was a it was so cool and I can't wait to actually go to Russia and experience that again. Now when's the last time that you've been to Russia? I have never been. Oh okay. Hopefully, once things are open back up, I'm sure, obviously, it's on your bucket list, I would assume. 
Absolutely. Along with Japan, of course. Oh, yeah. Um, great, great cultures, great wrestling scenes. Like you can get a lot there. And especially too, with your family history, you can kind of learn and really fully immerse yourself in like the culture and everything surrounding there in Russia. Exactly. Now, I'm I'm curious too. You ob- speaking of like your life in the UK right now, you obviously studied science at Cambridge University, if I'm correct. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So what's I I know that was obviously kind of your backup plan going into WWE and that's like a whole nother conversation. But what specific major or concentration did you actually particularly hone in on for your studies? For me, I had the choice between biology and chemistry Mm. and I picked biology and then a subset of that was neuroscience. Mm. So it's a bit different from psychology, like psychology looks at behavior, whereas yeah neuroscience looks at the action potentials in the actual brain cells the neurons and like the it is kind of chemistry because it's the chemistry of these brain cells and how they fire and how how memories are stored like how and there's some really interesting stuff like in the spinal cord you have these things called things called central pattern generators Mm -hmm. that like say you have a baby and if you ever there's it's quite common to have mum and baby or dad and baby swim sessions Mm -hmm. where from a young age, they get the child used to being in the water and the arms and legs alternate. Like, you know how you walk your arms and legs alternate. So even from a very, very young age, babies like really young babies will have that alternating pattern and that's from the spinal cord. That's not actually from the brain. That's from, that's from the spine, which I think is fascinating. Yeah, so I have a little bit of experience in neuro because I have a bachelor's in psychology and I took I had to take two neuroscience courses as kind of a requirement. It wasn't really my concentration, so I have a, a little bit of experience in it. But oh, fantastic. Yeah. Do you think that you were always a sciencey child growing up or when did you, your interest really peak in that regard to like chemistry or bio or just science in general then? Well, I, I- I didn't really have the chemistry set growing up. Mm -hmm. I wasn't super nerdy growing up. I was kind of more into drama and plays and I would force my parents to watch puppet shows that I'd do behind the sofa. I love that. (laughs) And I'd kind of make, I'd I'd make them announce me before I entered a room. Uh I was like, probably like five years old and I was like I wanted them to announce me as queen before I you know I'd have a little crown and so I was kind of more into stage and dramatics early on but I didn't really know I was good at science until I was like 15 16 and I so we have GCSEs here which you do when you're 15 16 and then you have A levels which is the equivalent of your high school Mm -hmm. so I didn't know I was that good at science because I wasn't trying particularly hard at, at 15 like I was sort of trying, but I was kind of coasting along, but I was still getting really good grades. And I thought, wow, if I actually try, I could probably get into Oxford or Cambridge. I should probably knuckle down and like try and make the most of this. So I was really fortunate. And I, I did put a lot of hard work into it to get in. Um, And yeah, it's a great, it's a great backup plan. Like you said. Now you also did track and field at Cambridge, right? Yes. Yeah. So I'm curious to know, too, comparing the workouts and physical training for track and field, comparing that to wrestling, I feel like I know the answer here already, but which do you think between the two is the more demanding? 
Well, that's a really good question. Some of them, some of the workouts are very similar. So doing, I think William Regal said this as well, like doing nice core strength, like clean and jerks, squats, deadlifts, uh, bench press stuff. Like there's, there's aesthetic stuff that you can do with the cable machines. If you want, you know, bodybuilders will get a particular muscle to pop on a very specific cable machine, but doing something like a clean and jerk with a barbell is so good for picking people up and overall strength. And that translates as well into javelin throw, which was my event and my dad's event as well. That was his event growing up. Oh, so kind of second generation. Okay. Exactly. Like he competed for Great Britain. Like he was really good. Um, and my sister, my sister, like won the UK school games, um, that you at the English school. So she was like ridiculously good. So I was, I was, I was pretty good. Like I'd win like tri-county events, but I didn't, I didn't win nationals like they did. I think, cause I was focusing a bit more on studies, but as to your original question about which is more difficult, I would say the ring cardio, uh, the kind of stuff you see in WWE tryouts called there's grape squashes where you have these high knees and there's these, there's this one exercise where there's a body bag and you kind of, you lay down next to the bag in a sort of push-up position. You jump up, switch around to the other side, go down into the push-up position, run, hit the ropes, go back into push-up position, do that jump. And they do it like 10 times. And it is a killer. Like I've been doing these drills with the with you know with the hopes of getting a tryout so that I won't completely fail in the tryout and that I'll actually be able to keep up but they are they are brutal killers and being a thrower in the track and field I'd say my cardio wasn't pushed to the limit like it is in wrestling training I can see that okay yeah Okay. Yeah. It, it's definitely cool too, that you kind of have the experience in two completely different fields so that your body is like physically ready and physically in shape and fit and all that. So you kind of build up your heart and your cardio rates between both. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think the, the best thing that doing track and field or, you know, even people that do ballet or anything athletic like that, the, the thing is when you do grades in ballet, you're evaluated so you're put on pressure right you you're evaluated in front of a panel who like judges you and that's the same in track and field you know on a competition day you train really hard for competition and you're put under pressure and I think if anyone growing up like if I ever have kids one day I want them to do it doesn't have to be track and field it doesn't have to be ballet but I want them to do something that puts them under a little bit of pressure just so they get comfortable so that their comfort zone includes that pressure. So it, it stops being pressure. So it becomes something that they're used to. Like I think that really like their new normal, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, lastly, we are all about hashtag girl power here on a wrestling gal. So is mm-hmm. there any female in your personal or professional life that inspires or empowers you the most? You think I would say probably Michelle Obama. Because she suffers from, she's been quite vocal about for suffering from imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. And for someone at her level, at her level, sitting on these tables, having these banquets, still feeling like an imposter, even though she absolutely deserves to be there. She's more than just a wife. Like she's done all these amazing charity work. You know, she's the first, she was the first lady. Like she did amazing things. And, and for someone like her to get imposter syndrome, I find that 
like if she can get it then anyone can get imposter syndrome and that kind of I do suffer from that a bit Mm -hmm. and it kind of helps me breathe and think okay I can do this and I find you know if she can push through it then I can and yeah I definitely find myself suffering from it occasionally as well too like in the in the media field and all that obviously with like podcasting and you would obviously feel that in in wrestling like in general so it definitely you're not alone in the fact that like Michelle Obama of all people who is one of the most successful and philanthropic and like just a most amazing woman one of the most amazing people ever the fact that like she can get it it basically just goes to the whole scope that you really aren't alone in that it's not just something that affects only certain selects of people it affects everybody can affect everybody exactly now before i let you go kiara can you please tell the listeners where they can find you on all your social medias so if you're listening my instagram and twitter are the same it's at kiara underscore you know the little line wrestler so it's Kiara is spelt like tiara, you know, what you wear, but with a K. So it's K-I-A-R-A underscore wrestler. And my YouTube is Kiara space dash space wrestler. And my Facebook is Kiara space dash space wrestler. Uh, YouTube and Facebook won't let me put an underscore, so they can't all be the same. But I post lots of vlogs on my YouTube, like vlogs behind the scenes footage of backstage shows some of the fun crazy antics that people get up to sometimes the wrestling doesn't always happen in the Mm -hmm. ring that's all I'll say and on my Instagram I post lots of amazing photos and just if you want to keep up with what I'm up to my training my daily life then I'd love to have you on board and I do read all the comments and dms so feel free to get in touch well thank you so much for joining me today Kiara it's been a lot of fun it's been so much fun thank you so much for hosting me Of course, and fingers crossed, uh, the UK can kind of open itself back up so you can get back home to Russia and Japan and maybe hopefully someday back here in North America. We'll see. Yeah, and fingers crossed for Buffalo, New York as well. Like I said, very, very close to Canada. So fingers crossed. (laughs) Okay, thank you so much for having me.